0: Yeah, all right, let's hit it. We're back. Part two. Woo! Ash has got the whiskey rocks out. Part two is about to get
1: wild. Ash has gone full lawyer on this
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, the listeners can't see anything, but he's wearing
1: a full suit. Just a bourbon on the rocks, thanks, mate, while I adjust my cufflinks.
0: He's $300 cufflinks
1: and he's a uh,
0: $2,000 Prada suit. So,
1: Prada, mate. I am an Armani man all the way through and $2,000 is insulting. I don't pay that. I pay more than that for socks. <laughs> okay.
0: here's something Why I'm... did you laugh? Uh, what's the difference between Armani and Giorgio Armani? <laughs> um
1: seven letters quick math Mandy. quick math. It wasn't that quick. I think if you review the tape, it was slower than it should have been.
0: No, no, no. it's going to be really quick. Cause when I edit this in post, I'm going to take out nice. the, like, the three second gap <laughs> in the middle and just be like, yeah. Uh, what's the difference between uh, Giorgio Armani and Armani? you will be like seven, seven
1: letters. letters. And I'll be like, Oh God damn. As long as you take this bit out as well. <laughs> That'll ruin half the fun. Um, part two. righty, hit me with some worldwide news. The loudest scene ever.
0: All right. Um, the first point in worldwide news is um, we're going to, we're not going to take a minute of silence because it's a podcast, but we're going to say rest in peace to Diego Maradona, arguably one of the best to ever do it. Uh, passed away at the young age of 60
1: as somebody whose profession dictates that I will have to become a cokehead at some stage he is my inspiration
0: I think and um, obviously it is way too soon um, and I'm glad no one listens to this but I think if I were to ever live a life and be incredible soccer player one of the world's best and then go into complete party mode for the last 20 years of my life
1: that's the life i want to live that's a fucking sick agreed have you seen the news reports that have come out in the past 24 hours that his doctor is being investigated for a a uh, Michael Jackson-style manslaughter? I have.
0: And I'm like, what? I feel like that just happens after any time. Someone's just like, oh, he died of slightly auspicious circumstances. And they're just like, well, what did the doctor mm. do?
1: What was Michael Jackson's doctor name again? Conrad someone? Murray. Murray? Yeah, Conrad Murray. I, I think you're right. Um, Hee-hee!
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Um, passed away at the age of 60, one of the best to do it. Inspired an entire generation of Argentinian attackers and no defenders because their international team is not that good.
1: Was famous for a, a handball or two, wasn't he? Uh, he has the hand of
0: God is what they call it um, in the nineteen, 1980- So very
1: similar to Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's very. <laughs> that's very true. And the balls were probably similar age, not too old at all. <laughs> all right, I'm yeah. done. I'm Thanks. done with my Michael Jackson jokes. Sorry. <laughs> I'll beat it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: all right, I meant to bring this up last week, but I completely for- forgot. It has been 24 years since the Ali Dyer incident. Are you aware of a man named
1: Ali Dyer? Uh,. You're going to need to give me more. Is is it Jack Dyer's great grandson? No,
0: we're talking soccer again. Uh,
1: Dyer, D-I-A. So a man named Ali Dyer. Wait, D-I-A?
0: Like D-I-A. Dyer. Not like um old man Jack.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He is a weird way to spell Dyer, but I think it was. Because I would think that would be D-I-A, wouldn't it?
0: I think it's, I think he's Senegalese.
1: Anyway, anyway, it's not important. Tell me the story of Ellie McBear-Dyer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was not a footballer, and he called the Southampton Football Club in the Premier League and told them that he was the cousin of George Weyer, who is uh, a Ballon d'Or winner and a, uh, one of AC Milan's uh, best players in their entire history. And Southampton, without looking up anything about this man gave him a contract and then he got to training and everyone was like, this guy fucking sucks. But since they gave him the contract, the team played him anyway. He came on in the 60th minute and got substituted in the 70th minute.
1: How much was the contract for?
0: Uh, Not long. It was like a trial. It was like a two-week contract.
1: No, but how much money was it for? I have no idea. But it's, uh, it's thought of
0: someone calling up and being like, I'm this person's cousin, this person's cousin, therefore I'm good. And a, and a professional football team being like, hey, you know what? Sounds good to me. And doing zero research, very 80s. I mean,
1: I'm calling the Australian cricket team tomorrow and saying I'm Steve Smith's cousin.
0: I mean, maybe you'll get that opening batting spot.
1: Oh, I mean, I, I should. I used to be an opening batsman for years. Uh, what was your... I, I batted for a cumulative total of 4,070 overs and made three. <laughs> but I was the wall. You couldn't get past me.
0: Hey, uh, he'll keep you in the game. <laughs> Ash will keep you in the game.
1: We're going apart to re- from the small stretch as a senior cricketer when I was 17 when I think I made three golden ducks in a row
0: yeah but that uh, maybe maybe that's on the coach for putting you in too early
1: no that wasn't three golden ducks it was three ducks I was in the first I made a duck then the next week in the first I made a golden duck then I got dropped to the seconds and I made a platinum duck
0: oh is that when which- you get run out without facing your ball <laughs>
1: No, that's a diamond duck. Oh, actually, it wasn't a platinum duck. So it, um, it was a golden duck off the first ball of the innings. Ah, geez. That's... A, plat- a platinum duck is a diamond duck off the first ball of the innings, which I have accidentally gotten a batting partner out for. That's very impressive. Yeah. For Ballarat Grammar one time, I faced the first ball of the innings. Um Hit it, said yes, then said no, and he got run out without facing a ball on the first ball innings, platinum duck.
0: That's almost like um, my uh, list from last week where the dude got one turnover for playing zero minutes. That's big platinum duck.
1: (laughs) That's big. It is, isn't it?
0: Um, All right, we're going to move on. Western United football team in Australia. Signed Victor Sanchez. Now, what what I like about any uh, international signing in the A-League is that they always have to mention who they played with. Um, This man played with Messi. So, the headline is, Messi's former teammate, Starlet, joins Western United. This man's like fucking 35 and way past it and wasn't good enough for Barcelona. I just think it's hilarious how they're just like, this guy used to play with Messi. I'm like, who cares?
1: Um I would like to propose a special bonus one-off segment for next week. Yeah, go on. Let's each find our five favorite sporting clickbait headlines of all time. Done. Done. You reckon we'll
0: have many crossovers? I think we may, yes. Very good. All right. Um, We're going to move on. Reigning MVP of the NFL, Lamar Jackson, contracted covid um, and had the Steelers and Ravens game rescheduled till Wednesday, I believe. Oh, Tuesday in America, Wednesday here. But um, in a more funny stat, all four Denver Broncos quarterbacks got COVID, and they Not had
1: Peyton a... Manning. he oh, retired. No, sorry, I'm a couple of years late.
0: And a man named Kendall Hilton started. They lost thirty-one to three. Who did they play? They played the New Orleans Saints.
1: Ah, oh, the Saints. Drewy Breeze was just throwing them through the breeze.
0: Mate, I could have beaten this team. Just imagine playing your fifth string quarterback. Like having Josh Bootsmer in the midfield.
1: A, I'm pretty sure the fifth string quarterback for the Broncos would beat you. B, I'm pretty sure Bootsmer would beat you at an AFL comp. And see, Bootsman would definitely beat you at sexting underage girls.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd like to think so. Good. Not that
1: you wouldn't try, but he's just better at it.
0: Mate, I reckon Kendall Hilton could beat Josh Bootsman in an AFL game.
1: Mate, Bootsman actually had a little bit of ability. He was just a predator. Fucking
0: muppet. All right. We're getting on to the good stuff here. Do we want to start with the uh, main event or the undercard of the weekend? YouTube star oh, oh, Knocks Out ex NBA player Nate Robinson in what can only be called as a hate crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch any of either card? I, I watched um, <laughs> the, the,
0: the last round of the undercard.
1: I watched the second half so the last four rounds of the main co- of the the Tyson fight.
0: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start with the Jake Paul and then we'll get into Start with Jake Paul. Has Nate recovered yet? I like I get that Nate is a um like professional athlete, but he's 5'8. Who is Nate Robinson? So Nate Robinson is um like, ex-NBA player who is very short, but he's known for dunking.
1: Right. What position did he play and who did he play for?
0: Uh, he's a point guard. He played for, like, 10 teams in the league. Um, 10 yeah, teams? Something like that. He he he's, he was one of those players that was, like, good, but never really good enough. But he was good enough to make a team. So he'd sign a lot. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: Jake Paul's, like, 6'2" and just yeah jay paul's actually a pretty good rock specimen it. like oh watching that watching the knockout punch i was just like oh my god like i was like that set race relations back 20 years <laughs> um is the hitler of the 21st century um uh, no that's
1: not true that was anyway so
0: <laughs> Um, Give us your Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. take.
1: Three points. Uh, First point, Mike Tyson forgot it was an exhibition fight. He full on wanted to kill Roy Jones Jr. Second point, Roy Jones Jr. forgot it was a boxing match at all. (laughs) thought he was in the WWE and just wanted to wrestle. Yeah.
0: A lot of hugging from what I saw.
1: Uh, He just, so every round would start the same Tyson would come out and go bang, bang, bang. He'd hit like one body shot and miss with a couple of flurry punches. And Roy would just hug him is grab him and wait like the 25 seconds. It would take the referee to break him up. Same thing would happen again, again. So Tyson would throw so many punches. Jones would just hug. Nothing would happen. eight rounds uh that's point two i said i had three points i actually have four snoop Dogg is the best sports commentator in the world today he was incredible highlights included this is like two uncles at a family barbecue trying to throw fists (laughs) (laughs) um and point four and who could ever have seen this coming? Cause it had real EJ Witten legends match vibes. Tyson won that fight by so fucking far. It was not funny. And yet it was declared a draw. It's like, it was an exhibition match. Do they score yeah. matches Unless you get knocked out. No, they don't, no, so you're not allowed to knock anybody out technically. Um, I know there were no official judges, but some guy from the WBC scored it and scored it a draw. But the most intriguing thing about calling it a draw is, um, so post the fight after like the, they like knocked gloves and showed in recovery and stuff. They were showing almost exclusively the commentary panel discussing it mm. while they were waiting for the, the decision from the WBC guy But at one stage they cut back to Mike Tyson in the ring and it was clearly just after he'd been told that it was a draw and he, you can see him get very, very pissed off and you can see him just mouth the words because it was on mute, but you can see him mouth the words, but I won the fucking fight (laughs) and he was just genuinely pissed off. And then they cut straight back. Like it was on him for like three seconds. And then cut straight back to the commentators. And then about three minutes later, he was much more accepting of the fact that it was the draw. But he was really pissed off when he found it got <laughs> called a draw because he won by so far it wasn't funny. Man's a competitor. Man's a competitor. Uh, he, f- for a guy that's 54 and hadn't fought in 15 years, he looked really, really good.
0: Yeah, uh, I see
1: videos of him on Instagram training other people and I'm like, he's still got it. <laughs> It got to the point where, even though I knew it was an exhibition fight and his opponent was 51, in the eighth round, I was sitting there going, fucking land one, knock him out, knock him out. I was just like cheering for Tyson to just land one on his jaw and just, yeah, fucking send it. It wasn't a V because the other guy just wanted to wrestle. But anyway, could set up a rematch in which it won't be an exhibition bout and Tyson will fucking murder him. Ruin him.
0: I I, I don't understand UFC fighters coming into the boxing ring.
1: I mean, I can understand uh, Conor McGregor coming into the boxing ring because he knew he wasn't going to get knocked out because Floyd Mayweather's never actually thrown a punch in his entire career. he's He's a good runner. He is a good runner. He's a very good hugger as well. And he's a very good businessman, but he's not a good puncher. It's about the money at the end of the day. Exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, they charge $60 for this fight. If they advertise the next fight as not an exhibition match, Tyson's going to try and kill him. They might be able to charge a hundred bucks and people still buy it because Tyson will kill him. Yeah. Oh,
0: especially Roy-Roy-Jones uh, Roy Jr. is what, fucking 50?
1: 50, 50. you call him Roy-Roy-Jones? I think so. Fuck, I'm a listener listen to that on the playback. I don't mind that as a name, to be honest. Roy-Roy-Jones. Roy-Roy. All right. What's your first name? Roy. What's your middle name? Roy. No, I said middle name. Yeah, it's Roy. Say you're Roy-Roy. That's, Yo.
0: that's not his middle name. His f- first name is Roy-Roy.
1: All right. No middle name. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. I got uh, one more news point. Did you see, uh, you probably won't know the name, Romain Grozgen and his freak F1 accident.
1: Ah, uh, well, you've just taken away from my last call content, but yeah, that was uh, horrifying to be honest. That was, I watched a few different angles of it. I can't believe he only got out of it with second degree burns to his hands. I can't believe he made it out alive. That that car just went, shoo, just fireball.
0: It's crazy. unbelievable. It went up, and I was like, "That, like, it's crazy that that sport is, you know, ten seconds away, and that dude is dead. That dude is not
1: here." Yeah, and that's an interesting thing. I think obviously it's not something we can probably discuss in depth because we haven't thought of, uh, thought about it or anything. But when you're sort of thinking of most dangerous sports. I mean, you sort of forget that all these different ones have different hazards that are potentially like less common but more Yeah. Like, dangerous. Like obviously F one and motorsport you can crash and go into a fireball, but it doesn't happen all the time. AFL, NRL you can get concussions, which don't kill you but can like give you brain damage, especially if it happens over and over. Even sports that aren't like really sports, like pro wrestling, like Pro wrestlers have died from either steroid abuse causing heart failure or because of the theatrical nature of it. Some of them have like, well, not, maybe not some, but at least one very famous WWF wrestler descended from the ceiling to make a grand entrance on a zip line and it failed. And he just like fell to his death live on TV. Oh God. Yeah. And it's like all these things, it's like, well, you got to weigh up the like, likelihood and um not popularity but like commonness of the potential injury with the severity of it against like afl where you could get hit in the head possibly every week or a few times a game but like it only gets severe sometimes yeah and then things like cricket where like phil hughes had a helmet on but got hit just under the helmet and it killed him yeah it's um, one of those things that makes a list like most dangerous sports in the world almost impossible to write because.
0: Well, even at, like you brought up AFL. Um, what was it? His name? Blake Carousella? Like broke his neck. Blake Carousel. Did he? Yeah, he got you got hit the neck, and it was like twenty minutes to stretch him off. Like he didn't come back for like a year and a half. Mm.
1: He's now Blake Carousel is now an assistant coach at Essendon. Oh, good on him. What was his brother's name? Because he had a brother that played as well, didn't he? Uh, I will look it up.
0: Carousella. we got Blake. Nathan? Oh, uh, Caracella is a Roman emperor.
1: Right. I don't think Carousella played AFL, but... Um,
0: uh, it's only coming up... Neil
1: later. or Nathan... Uh, I'm sure there was definitely a, another Carousel uh, um, I've got nothing no,
0: they, what? Uh, in 2006 Carousel suffered a career ending neck injury while contesting a loose ball amongst I remember watching that game um, and he got bodied by oh here's a person you haven't probably thought about in a while Tim Nodding
1: never heard of Tim Notting. This is a big uh, Graham... Uh, was it? No, what was his name? Graham Polak. Who's Tim Notting? He was on... He was on the um,
0: the treble winning team for the Lions.
1: Played two... Um, on- Tim, And we're going to get
0: to play for the Bombers. for. Oh, no. I'm still looking at Blake Carosella. Um,
1: We're going to get to plays you haven't thought about in a while, but
0: God damn, how do you not remember Tim Notting?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember that guy. Yep, yep, yep. I played for the North Ballarat Rebels. Legend.
0: Legend of Ballarat.
1: Yeah, okay. I can give you Tim Notting. Yeah. Um, the only one I'll get this week, by the way. No, you're not taking Tim Notting.
0: It's, i I've thought of him now. Yeah, no, but like this that's the only one I'll get and it's not even part of the game. That's how bad I am at the game. <laughs>
1: uh, I reckon you'll get the Who Am I this week. At, it's gettable at number four, but you'll get it, I reckon, at least two. All right.
0: Well, should we get onto the list? Like, this is something I've been hanging on about for a while and I'm very all excited. right
1: mate all right, mate. right let's do the list I'm excited for the list hit that sting no, it
0: 13 13 can you it he's kicked 13 on the siren I'd like to bring up a gripe that I have with the Hawthorne football club social media
1: so we're doing a yeah. okay first of all before you just introduce the list this is the most obscure niche list you've ever done, right?
0: No, no, no. This is, not, this is not the
1: list. Oh, so the list is not top 10 gripes with Hawthorne's social media. No, the list
0: is based okay, on okay, this okay. thing okay. that we just heard. So the Hawthorne Football Club are doing uh, 20 to 1 best moments of 2000. Okay, wait, so
1: <laughs> Sorry, yes. Hey, again, the list is not... Buddy's top 13 goals against North Melbourne that day, is it?
0: No. But the list... Is- I'll I'll walk away. Yeah, right? The list is best moments, and they put this at 12. They could have put right.
1: this... At 13. 13! You kidding? 13? And they put it at 12. Can you believe it? You're right. What was number 13?
0: Oh, I think it was Jack Fitzpatrick's goal. Against the Pies. That's better
1: than Buddy's 13.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: I'd have Jack Fitzpatrick's goal at two. Uh, mate, we've won four, apparently. Um in how many years? So 20? Like
0: 2000 to
1: 2020. Right, right, right. So are you going to go through all 20? No, no, no. The list is something completely different. This
0: is just something I All have.
1: right, it's just a gripe. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Jack, Fitzy should have been above. Buddy, well, no, and they had the perfect chance to put that at thirteen. 13. You're right. Okay, getting but, it so close to thirteen without doing thirteen seems almost like an inside joke.
0: Yeah, it's like if they put it at eighteen or four, I would have been like, "Yeah, great," but to put yeah, it at
1: yeah, 12, all
0: right. Here's the I'll, lid. I'll take it. Um, and I think this will be up for quite the debate. Um, I listen to a podcast about the NFL, and they do something called the Pain Rankings. Um, basically, the pain that uh, the supporters of teams go through, and I've ranked every team from 18 to 1 in terms of how much pain the fan club has been in for the 21st century.
1: Um, I'd like to hazard a guess at one, please.
0: Uh, it's surprisingly. Not what you think.
1: It should be. All right. So we're
0: going to start at 18. The top, the, like the bottom eight, pretty self explanatory So at 18, Hawthorne, obviously. You reckon? The least pain in the past 20 years, I'll, I'll take four flags. I don't care if we lost one. I don't care if we had four bad years at the start of the thousands.
1: Yeah, I I could mount a case for you being seventeen, but I assume seventeen is going to be my eighteen. So I don't know what your eighteen
0: would be, but at seventeen I've got Geelong.
1: Yeah, I mean I think even though Geelong have won one less premiership, they've they've played in more grand finals, have they? Uh, How many have you lost? Two. One. Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't play Oh 9 So you lost one. Yeah. Geelong, Ge- Geelong have lost. Um, but
0: I feel like they've been in the finals every single year since about 2006. So,
1: But, yeah, I feel like that's less pain than Hawthorne, who have sort of bottomed out the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But, like, I'm, as, as a Hawthorne fan myself, 17 or 18, hard to argue. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I agree, but I I just think that you could possibly argue between eighteen and seventeen.
0: That's fair enough. I think Geelong and Hawthorne are comfortably the best teams in the twentieth twenty uh, first century.
1: Yeah, yeah, obviously.
0: Um, sixteen, triple, uh, three premiership winners, Richmond Tigers.
1: Yep, can't argue with
0: that. I wanted to put them higher, but like because of that weird banter era that they had. The amount of like yeah, ninth and ninth and ninth, but I was like, you've won three,
1: three flags. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because they sort of were shit for fifteen years, but they've yeah. been amazing for five. Yeah, oh, they've been phenomenal um, at fifteen,
0: and I think I think um, you'll argue that these guys should be higher. Um, Brisbane Lions. Yeah, no, that's not where I'd have them. Uh, three flags. At a loss i I know they haven't really been good since about two thousand eight, but like uh, my my reasoning is that like no matter how um, mediocre they've been in ten or twelve years, you won three flags yeah,
1: I can get that, but i think i think and it's only early into your list, but I feel like emphasis on flags is probably being heavy I, if no, we're going holistically on two decades
0: I agree um, but like then um, yeah no for sure but also like sometimes you're just going to be like well um, my great grandmother saw the Bulldogs flag in 1954 and didn't live through another one so I'm just like
1: yeah, that's true. But I think there are two sides I'd have
0: above Brisbane. Um, and it might be number 14, which comes in at Sydney.
1: See, yeah, I would have Sydney above Brisbane, but I'd have another side above both of them. Uh, well, I'm going to
0: keep going. We've got 13 for Port.
1: Nope, still not the side I'd have above the other two. Uh, See, now you've gone not heavy enough on premierships. I feel like Port have been pretty good. Port have only won one this yeah. double decade, haven't they? Well,
0: that's, a, that's the thing. I've, I've found it hard to balance flags versus like overall performance over 20 years.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you've missed a key one that should have been at least above Port, and I would have thought above Sydney and above Brisbane, but at least above Sydney and Port. Is it,
0: is it West Coast?
1: come in it is point. West Coast.
0: Um one two Prams. Yeah, no, that's fair actually. No I that would wasn't.
1: have had West Coast at fifteen below Richmond Geelong Hawthorne. They won in twenty sixteen, they won in twenty oh six. Yeah. Lost by half a kick in twenty oh five and pretty much have been very, very good for that fifteen year period.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair shout. Now that I think about it. For some reason, I had them down as two grand final losses. I don't know why.
1: They've got to be at least better than Port, don't they? Port won one and lost two. And one of those losses was 120 points.
0: What was the second Port
1: loss? Oh, no, sorry. They won 2004, didn't they? Yeah, so they won one and lost one.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and that's the thing. I think Port and West Coast are like pretty, like if they haven't been great, they've been fine. Like I know s- some yeah. people was just like, if you go, let's say six through 10, on the ladder, that's not great for some clubs, but like clubs like Essendon and Carlton, like they would kill to get six through 10 every single year. Yeah. That's why I think I have a higher um, 11. And um, a caveat on this list, I found it really hard to rank the expansion teams. No idea where the fuck to put them,
1: um, but we'll get there. Yeah, I think they're in a almost a dichotomy between them because Gold Coast never had really much talent. Yeah. So, like, you can excuse them for being shit on the field, but, like, off-field, what the fuck are you doing? gws almost almost the inverse off field i think they recruited really well they got really good people and then have completely underwhelmed on field
0: yeah no they they've had the talent that they they should be
1: gws should have won a flag yeah but at the same time they cannot keep players and i don't know whether that's because of where they are who they are or who is there i've been a very strong advocate on this podcast i think for getting rid of leon cameron bring it back to the hawks
0: um but anyway, keep going. Number eleven. Uh, Western Bulldogs. Story Really? Just just this century. Um like, I think they're
1: I think they're a couple of places high, but go on.
0: No, I think that's fair. And I think I could switch them out with eight easily. Um but the fact that they won a flag and the next two are the expansion teams, I've got Gold Coast at ten because they're just and GWS at nine, because I, I took into account that you've got to think about the fans and, like, who the fuck cares about Gold Coast and GWS from a fan perspective?
1: I mean, I've, I think those are two egregious picks at not What is it, 10 and nine or nine and eight? I think yeah, there's definitely... There's definitely one club that should have come before, and I would have thought two clubs that should come before.
0: As in, like, should be
1: low. Should be uh, caused less pain than, especially GWS. Gold Coast fans never expect anything. GWS fans, I would have thought, have expected more than they've got comfortably. Not fair. Um, eight, I've got Fremantle. Um, okay. So at this stage, I need to discuss your criteria. Sure. If a side makes a grand final, so like is in the best two sides of the year yep. and loses, is that painful or non-painful?
0: Uh, see, I try to take into account the actual fan base as well. Like, and this is why I've got Hollywood a lot higher because their fan base is
1: rabid. It is, but they've made a lot lot of grand finals and won a premiership. And you think it's more painful to be a Collingwood supporter in the past 20 years than a Fremantle or a Giant supporter?
0: Well, Giant supporter, you've got, what, seven? Ten years. Eight years.
1: Um, but you would have preferred to, by this logic of the list, you'd have preferred to have been a Fremantle supporter in the past 20 years, who have played in one grand final and lost, and it was awful, than a Collingwood supporter who have played in five. Is it five? Five, yeah. Really?
0: Absolutely. 100%. And I will always say this. Um, and this is why I probably, like, if Geelong, if Hawthorne made five grand finals, this uh, did. And they did. If they won one of them and lost four of them, I would hate myself. I like just the thought of being the bridesmaid every single time we got there. I think that's more painful than being incredibly mediocre. I can deal with being mediocre. I follow the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I would prefer to be a Collingwood supporter for the past, well, for my lifetime than an Essendon supporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not got yet. Essendon are way up on this list. No, but I mean, Essendon's just as mediocre as Freo. Uh, better. We've won a premiership this 20 years. Well, yeah. like, Do you count 2000 as this 20 years? Because it's not technically, is it? I did. I did. But like, but that's the thing. But like
0: like 20,
1: Actual 20 years ago. So, yeah, obviously, Freo and Essendon are incomparable. But Essendon and Collingwood are very comparable as like powerhouse sides. Um, and if we forget about the 2000 premiership, because I can't remember it, so, I would have preferred to have played in five grand finals and won one than to have done what we've done. Yeah, and that's why Essendon are
0: higher on the list than Collingwood.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. I, I, I get
0: what you mean. Like, there are obviously comparable teams like your yeah, Carlton's, Essendon, and Collingwood where the fan base is just huge.
1: But, like, Collingwood-Frio comparison, I would prefer to be a Collingwood supporter than a Frio com- supporter this past 20 years. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I get what you're saying, but also, like, I... Um, like, I just hate the thought of losing four grand finals.
1: Yeah, so do I. Well, I mean, I love the thought of Collingwood losing four grand finals.
0: Oh, it makes my year. <laughs> um, we're going to jump into seven before we get to Collingwood at six. We got Wait,
1: wait. They have played in six, haven't they? Isn't there four losing, one drawn, and one one?
0: I don't count the two thousand ten as two grand finals. Well, I mean, I know it's two games, but like it's one outcome. If they, yeah, okay. if they came out with um like an extra result next to their name, sure. Yeah, okay, okay, okay I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it. Tailgate at seven. Um they lost the one to richmond quite brutally um and have been after their power stance ah oh, that was just dumb that was so fucking stupid <laughs> sorry sorry adelaide but like it's a grand final just you know don't take yourself so seriously yep um, so yeah, Adelaide at seven, Collingwood at six. Did you know they've lost twenty-seven grand finals?
1: That delights me.
0: I know, but like just the thought of them—they've what have they won? Like maybe ten? They've lost
1: twenty. No, no, no. Collingwood have won fourteen.
0: I think they won fourteen?
1: For some reason. Yeah. Oh,
0: no, I'm thinking Geelong. Geelong have won like ten or eleven.
1: I think it's now Collingwood and Richmond at fourteen, Essendon, yeah. Carlton at sixteen. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 sorry, Collingwood's at 15 now It was 14 before 2010 Collingwood's at 15 Jesus Christ um,
0: Alright, 5 And I think this is where um, You'll really hate this Maybe St Kilda at 5
1: Yeah, I'd have them much, much Earlier in your list
0: I, I was talking to my dad About this list Because I was like, I wanted some opinion um, St. Kilda were really good from 2006 to 2011, 12. Yep. And, and, and that's the thing. I When I first started this list, I had my one. Because I was like, how do you lose? Well, you lost in 09 and then obviously the draw grand final. Like that is just such a St. Kilda way to lose. Like it is so St. Kilda and they won their only grand final by some dude accidentally kicking a point.
1: Yeah. I see. I, again, would prefer to be a St. Kilda supporter than a Frio supporter. I know they didn't win one, but at least they were there at the pointy end. And see, I am sort of judging pain, not just on the feelings in the, 72 hours after the grand final
0: hmm.
1: sort of basing it on the entire year and like 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 were fantastic times to be a St. Kilda supporter. You won almost every week. You were up the top of the ladder. You were very successful. You made grand finals. Um, it was a great time to be a St. Kilda supporter, even if you didn't want to flag. Yep. Um, and as like a painful metric, I think you need to take more of the entire year into account than just that week surrounding your elimination.
0: Yeah, no, I I, and I think um, that's where this good discussion comes in. It's like, what do you value? Do you value um, making it and then losing every single time or just being like super mid the entire time? Because I've got a list that I'm probably going to roll out next week of like, Top five best regular seasons, who, who fell short. Like, would you rather go? Yeah. What, what did Geelong do? Geelong went nineteen and three in two thousand eight. What, arguably one of the best teams in, other than yeah, Essendon go and I twenty one and one. And I think
1: that's one of the best features of a system like ours, as opposed to the EPL where you can. Um, just bank a stack of wins early and then like just be good or like above average and still win it. Whereas in the, in the AFL, obviously you have to be good all year to be able to get to qualify out of stage where hopefully you get a double chance or you're like high enough to give yourself a good chance in finals. But then you also have to perform for those four, three or four weeks in a row, in a row. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why um, I like um, playoff football better. Like NFL, basketball, even the Champions League in soccer, like they do playoffs. And I'm like, sick. It's like it's like given But game. That's
1: sort of, that's almost my problem with uh, not so much the NFL, but like the basketball and the baseball is like, because they, because each like qualifying round is best of five or best of three, or best of seven. Yeah. It's like you can have really, really shit games and then you can still come back and, Whereas AFL, you have to be on all the time. Like, if you have one shit game... You're out. You're gone. I do like the one off better. Um, Yeah, whereas, like, I can almost accept the sort of best of three, best of five, best of seven for finals games. Yep. Like, grand final. I wouldn't mind AFL being as it is and then get to the grand final and play best of three. Ooh. Because, like, I mean... I quite like it as it is, but I could accept best of three simply because I think there are years where teams have bad days and get robbed, even though they're the best side. I think you won the grand final in 2013 that way because I think Freo were a better side. They kicked really badly that day. Um, 2012, you probably lost that way. I think you were better than Sydney. Oh, I was so salty about Um, that. 2016 Sydney were clearly better than the Bulldogs
0: but well and that's that's an argument do you think um getting rid of the uh like the one-off days gets rid of the kind of fairy tale well they turned up on the day so like they win the final like the Bulldogs
1: I think it get yeah it gets rid of that fairy tale but it increases the fairy tale for Oh, one side's won by ten goals in the first game. Can the other side come back and they win the second game by a point? Then they win the third game by a point, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, I think if Sydney, if Sydney, I don't think it gets rid of the fairy tale, it changes the fairy tale.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But also, like, Sydney Bulldogs best of three. Sydney
1: win two one after that first game. Buddy wins his flag. Yeah, but I, I mean, as much. As much as the fairy tale is nice in AFL, surely y- you want the the best side to win, don't you?
0: It depends. Well, that's the thing. It, like, it will if people turn up to like Hawthorn in the early 2010s, and it's a game of three. Like, we probably win, but like on
1: the one-off, everyone loves to see Hawthorne beaten, kind of thing. Like, everyone wants. That's true. But like at the same time, it increases anticipation for stuff and like changes tactics. Like 2008, can you imagine Stewie Jew has that incredible quarter and changes the course of the game. Can you imagine the next week? Like that whole week would have been, how do you stop Stewie Jew? Like what did you long do to stop Stewie Jew? Like the tactics change. You know, like what, what did you long do? And then if they win, then the next one's like had a Hawthorne, keep their, like, attacking strengths with Jew and Buddy and stuff, but not combat the ablet the, Like, I don't know. I think it just adds a lot more theatre and sort of... I think it's an
0: interesting discussion. I think you lose a lot of the, yeah, the, like, romanticism of, like, you don't get a Stewie Jew or a Tom Boyd in a three-game series.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And I think it, um, it sort of hinges 50-50 on whether the two grand final sides are really evenly matched, like Geelong and Hawthorne those years, or whether it's probably a lopsided qualification, yeah. Richmond-GWS style.
0: Yeah, no, fair. All right, well, I've got... Cause like, If it's
1: if it's 2008, Geelong-Hawthorne, like three games is w- awesome. If it's Adelaide-Richmond or GWS-Richmond or whatever it was, it's sort of like... Eh.
0: To be completely honest, I think if there are three games played in two thousand eight, I
1: think Geelong win that series. Yeah, but that's the exact thing. That's like can you imagine you play two of the three grand finals and you've won one each, the anticipation's even bigger than it is for the singular grand final.
0: That's true. And the AFL would come all over themselves for that advertising money.
1: Yeah. And like this year, I think if you play another one, Geelong probably win another one. Yeah. Well, that's fair. And it does give redemption. Because, like, like, Hooley was injured, Vlosten was injured. Obviously, Ablett was injured, but. Yeah. So long probably win the second one. And then it's like. Yeah. Can yeah. Richmond maintain the dynasty? It's like.
0: It's a, it'd be an interesting short story. And I think it would change the
1: way um, coaches, um, Yeah. I don't think it will happen. I don't even think it should happen. But I think I would be happy if it happened.
0: I I think it'd be interesting. I don't think, I think a lot of people will be outraged, but like.
1: Yeah. Mainly the players, because they'd have to play for an extra 14 days. Their holidays would be reduced. They'd be outraged.
0: You're playing in a grand final, getting paid six figures to kick around. I don't really want to hear about it, to be honest. I agree. Um, All right. We're still on this list. We've got four to go. We're gone. We're gone. Number four. Number four on this list of pain. North Melbourne. This, this this is the thing where I'm just like, North Melbourne is so incredibly insignificant. And not to be offensive, but like, if you get rumored to move to Tasmania, you're probably not doing something right.
1: Yeah, and yet they made two prelim finals in a row a few years ago. You said, Like when a few years ago? I do not remember this. Like, I remember I they think it were, was 16, 17. Oh, no, it might, it might have been before that. It, I reckon I was there. So it was probably 13, 14
0: or 14, 15. I, okay. They made.
1: It would I, have been 14, 15 because 13, we would not have been anywhere close because we were suspended. So 14, 15, I think.
0: There was also, they made. Um, a preliminary final in 2006 because they beat us in the semis um, to go against Port. And then Port went, no, 2007, because then they went against Geelong and got absolutely ruined. But yeah, like North have been, I feel like North are just one of those teams where you're just like, uh, outside of like a couple, and I feel like the league is good enough and has enough parity to be like, most teams get an okay shot, except the top three that I have. Um Where they kind of get close and then they fade away. And then there are some teams who just like run the joint, but there are enough teams who like, you're not going to go 20 years without making a final kind of thing. Unless yeah. we're four years from now and then, like, Essendon haven't won a final.
1: so Essendon have made finals. Yeah, but like 15. one finals. Yeah, one finals. Um, But no, North's prelims were 14-15. 14-15, all
0: right. Yeah. I was like, it must have been the other side because we didn't play. All
1: right, number three.
0: Number three, Um, your favorite team, Essendon Football Club. I got them down for one prem, which was kind of like, not semi. really so this really 20 clear. years. Um, you got one loss, which was the year after. Uh, yep. And then I've got drugs. That's not good. Not a good
1: we played job. We played in a semi in 2004 and haven't won a final since. It's been a fucking shit show since, yeah. I know. It's, it's... And
0: honestly, I might swap them with two. Just the whole drug scandal and then your top-up player situation. Like you were set back multiple years because of that.
1: Um, well, I think we're comfortably won. Comfortably? Com- like, even with no final success, being an Essendon supporter, getting mocked, and just being, copying all the ridicule of the press through everything, and then having the indignity of being found not guilty, mm. and then getting it appealed to WADA who said well there's no evidence to prove they're guilty but they're probably guilty so we'll just find them guilty so i don't know i don't know if it's the legal part of my brain or just common sense proving like you shouldn't even be able to get found guilty on a probably at the first instance but on appeal you shouldn't be able to uh, overturn a not guilty to a guilty on probably
0: yeah i feel like And this is just the legal system in general. Is it not just innocent until proven guilty? Isn't that the whole thing?
1: Yes, it is. But at the same time, unless it's criminal, it is the balance of probabilities. So, like, if it's a civil trial, it is what probably happened. But on appeal, the whole basis of the appeal is you have to prove that the initial decision was wrong. Right. And you should not be able to... Appeal an initial decision to the world court, and then find well, I know you got found not guilty, but you may be you you're probably guilty, so guilty, like at least on appeal, they should have to find that they were conclusively wrong
0: no i I agree, and the Cause, reason because
1: because if the standard of proof is the same. Yeah, what's the point of going to the first court?
0: Well, if the standard of proof is the same, like what's the point of going? It's to the just court? literally
1: a different opinion. Yeah.
0: They, the first court's just like, okay, here's my r- ruling, and then they go to the second court and they're like, well, nothing's changed. It's exactly the same. They're like, well, we'll rule it different. It's like,
1: well, that just seems yeah. a bit from a legal perspective to be able to appeal to a higher court, which plenty of people do appeal you have to satisfy the judge that there may be reasonable grounds for either there have been an error of law or an unjust verdict or anything or like, and obviously there was no error in the application. So their, their application sort of hinged on it being unjust. And I would have thought to prove something was unjust or abhorrently wrong, you would need proof in the maximum, not in the probably.
0: No, nah, well, you're, you're the lawman here, so.
1: Yeah, and that's why I found it such a travesty of justice and why so many people found it a travesty of justice because it just, um, once it got to the wider stage, you had the head of Asada just basically going, I absolutely hate this club. I hate everything they've done. We have to convict them. And it, it was just such a witch hunt.
0: No, nah, well, I've got him really low because uh, Joe Watson really liked his experience in New York being a barista. So he got that out of it.
1: Should still have a Brownlow medal.
0: He should, I agree. He was, well, uh, And that's the thing about stripping Brownlow medals. This is like, the results are still there. Everyone knows that Joe Watson accumulated the most votes in that year. What's the point of stripping him?
1: Yeah, but that's the other thing about stripping Joe Watson. It's never returned a positive test but was found to have not f- taken illegal drugs, but then on a was found to have possibly taken illegal drugs. Ben Cousins.
0: Ah, uh, we don't have to get it to Ben Cousins.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh her number so who we got left? We got
0: We're gonna fly through two and one. We got Cartner two and Melbourne and one.
1: Ah, uh, Melbourne, yes, I forget Melbourne.
0: They you you forget Melbourne. They lost in 2000. Everybody
1: forgets Melbourne.
0: They've been incredibly miserable, and the one final that they did make, uh, they went to West Coast and scored nine points and a half. It's that kind of vibe with Melbourne.
1: Um, and Carlton just suck. Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, you've been far nicer to Essendon than you should have been. Uh, than you should have been compared to Melbourne and Carlton, because all three of us are fucking dismal. Well, that's
0: the thing. I feel like um, if if you take out um, the whole Essendon drug scandal, one through three, you can just interchange because all of these teams
1: and like, sure, Essendon want a flag. Carlton did have the salary cap saga early in the two thousands,
0: though. Oh yeah, fuck! I forgot about that.
1: So really, it's just Melbourne that have no excuse to be fucking awful.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like Carlton have this salary cap thing. Essendon have a whole drug scandal. What have you? Like, why are you bad, Melbourne? It's been 20 years. <laughs> it's, been, it's genuinely been 20 years. And I'm like, what What have you done?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's got me a bit yeah, mad. And, um, why the fuck?
0: I agree. Even, like, GWS, and I know they've been handed all these concessions and whatnot. But there's an element of like, well, if you've got a decent, good enough AFL team, you can get somewhere.
1: Melbourne have done sweet fuck all. Don't forget Melbourne's concessions. They got Trengrove and Scully one and two in the same draft.
0: Well, and that's the thing. When you're shit all the time, you get high draft picks.
1: Mm -hmm. It's not, you know,
0: it's not fucking, uh, who's, it's not Adelaide's fault that Melbourne picked, uh, Jack Watts at number one. Like, fuck. You picked Jack Watts at number one. The man was still doing his exams when he got drafted. He was 17.
1: I give Jack Watts a break. He just loves what... What did he say? Fishing and tits? Oh, Is that what was in the those leaked messages? It was something in tits. A
0: man of priorities, to be honest. I agree. Um, so, yeah. That, no, good list. I read it. I, I just like the idea of ranking entire
1: leagues. Um, as somebody that has been an Essendon supporter for all that time, I can comfortably say I feel more pained than... Fifteen of the eighteen teams.
0: Ah, oh, no, that's hundred percent, and possibly the seventeen, the full seventeen. But I'm yeah, just, that would have been so mediocre and just nothing. Just yeah, agreed.
1: On that note, I'm not sure what the rundown is, but can we go straight to the rant? Yeah, we can. Dear Mr. President, President,
0: too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it,
1: and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Give me something that's... It saddens me to go back to this well, Jim. But when a house is on fire, sometimes you've just got to keep directing the water hose towards it. Especially when you dearly love that fiery house. Essendon, Jim.
0: Oh, no. The gift
1: that keeps on giving. Not again. Already faced with what was described as a mass exodus which really was two guys that desperately wanted to get out of Melbourne for different reasons, and Adam Saad. You would think that the club would be bending over backwards to stem the bleeding, especially in the wake of reports Zach Merritt could very well explore his free agency rights at the end of next year. God. Which, trust me, would be a far bigger blow than losing Danaher, Fantasia, or Saad. Combined, I think. Yep. He, he's genuinely that good. We sacked the football boss, Dan Richardson, basically pinned the culture issues on him and Woosha, believing that the problems with our culture would follow them out the door. Then comes news over the past few days. The club sent an email to all of the players at eight o'clock on Friday night. Informing them of the club's intention to withhold 9% of the player's pay through the November pay period. (sighs) Good God. No consultation, no opt-in or opt-out, just a straight move sent late Friday night, then reportedly left the senior players absolutely livid at the club and sent a great deal of them scurrying directly to their managers in the AFLPA. Jesus fucking Christ. I've just moved them up to
0: one on my pain record.
1: Oh mate, they're above one. <laughs> Subsequent emails have assured that a consultation process would follow, but the pay cut, which is quite possibly illegal, not to get back to the legality of the podcast would just be a holding pattern prior to the discussions concerning what would happen with the pay due to the pandemic. But the Essendon chief executive has assured the members, don't worry. Xavier Campbell, the embattled CEO that I've time and time again defended has backed down by Sunday morning, so we're not gonna do the pay cut, and told newspapers, and I quote, we didn't get the communication right, and we own that. He's disappointed that they didn't consult properly with the players prior to making the decision, and that it's their fault. They'll do it over the next few days. Oh, well, no harm, no foul. They've owned it, that's all that matters. The actual initial problem isn't an issue, the player's anger is an issue because they've owned it. Jim, they're on top of it, it's their fault, they've acknowledged that, that's all that really matters. How about you get it right the first fucking time? What sort of amateur football club is this? If I'm a player like Zach Merritt, I'm starting to wonder whether loyalty to the place like Essendon is even worth it at the moment, to be honest. Or whether the law of more money, more success, better stability and a better culture is suddenly more appealing than ever. For journalists, for members, for supporters, for any onlookers, like, there is genuinely, I don't think, any possible excuse that could justify this. I've been on Xavier Campbell's side for years and years, but this is genuine, this is maddening, truly maddening. And I really, as much as I like to defend my football club and say, oh, they've probably got it right and it's been misreported, this is utterly fucked. The
0: no no consultation thing gets me because um, this has obviously been a theme throughout the COVID period. Um, and I know it was big in the EFL where people were just like, hey, do you want to take a pay cut because we're poor now? But like the no consultation thing of being like, yeah, you're going to get a pay cut. Go fuck yourself. It's bizarre to me. Oh,
1: wait, wait, wait. Do- no, but that's not an issue because they're disappointed that they didn't consult properly. And that's their fault. They own that. <laughs> yeah, they owned it. It's fine, right? Mate, you can't criticize it for them. They, they own that. They know it's their fault.
0: Yeah, it's like the uh, sandpaper moment with
1: uh, Warner and Bacon. they owned it, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, just like you can't criticize them for it. They own it. They know they've owned it. This will
0: tickle your legal brain. If I kill someone and own up to it, it's fine, right? That's how
1: that works. Yeah, mate. Not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you own it and you're disappointed by it and you acknowledge it's your fault. Oh, thank God.
0: All right, well, for any of the police listening out there, I'd like to...
1: For any of the police listening out there, I'd like to line your pockets with the multi. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, let's go. I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it!
1: I've got bad news about the multi this week. Firstly, I've got bad news about last week's multi. I never saw that. Despite my confidence, didn't get up.
0: I I texted you what
1: was it? Tuesday? Rams got up. Rams got up. I was so excited. They did. The least favourite leg of the multi got up, but Simon the Wiz Whitlock, Australian legend, shit the fucking bed. So, no good. But, And I'm just trying to make sure that these odds are correct because they seem high. No, they're correct. Um, The bad news for this week's multi is I don't think it will get up. Which means very, 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 very long odds. It's highly unlikely. And if anybody out here is listening and considering putting money on the multi, don't save your money and put your $5 towards your next coffee. It is such long odds that I'm considering not even reading it out, but contractually, apparently I have to Jamal has a gun centered towards his webcam, forcing me to read the multi out. So we'll do it.
0: That's exactly how video technology works.
1: Mate, the smellophone exists. The uh, the zoom pistol could exist. I really don't know, and I'm not willing to take that chance. Good call. Give us your multi. Leg, leg number one of the multi is India to win the thirty ODI Wednesday. Warner's out, Cummins is out. King Coley is in form and looking to exact a little bit of revenge. So we're going to have for India to not level the series, but to make it a respectable two one. And that's paying $2.45. Fair shout. At leg number two, we're going to my expert field. The Premier League. We're going for West Ham and Aston Villa to have a draw. And that's paying $3.50.
0: That's not a bad shout. I think West Ham will win, but like...
1: Mate, it's never going to happen. None of these legs are getting up. The multi is doomed.
0: This is going to be the one week that the multi gets up.
1: <laughs> we're getting a bit more serious towards the back end of the multi going in the sports. I know something about, uh, and just getting on the favorites. So number three, we are going to the women's European championship handball league. And we're on Germany women to defeat the Romanian women. You can bet
0: on anything nowadays. can't you?
1: And they're paying a dollar seventy five to defeat romania i would I would take any money for any German
0: team to beat any Romanian team in any single sport. It's funny you say that,
1: Jim. I'm not advocating getting on the multi. in fact, stay far away from the multi. But if anyone is listening this deep into the multi take three mortgages on your house and get on Germany to defeat Romania in the Women's European Handball Championship. They are the most guaranteed thing since uh, Geelong to beat Port Adelaide in the 2007 AFL Grand Final. They will win 25-0. It will be a shellacking.
0: I've got a better comp for you. You remember when uh, Australia played American Samoa in the soccer and we won 31-0? That's how I feel about it.
1: It's not as big a margin as Geelong, Port Adelaide, though, is it, Jim? Fair shout. Uh, Leg number four, though, will be the one closest to your heart. Closest to my heart, actually, closest to all Australian hearts. I'd ask everybody to charge a drink and get ready to toast to leg four. This week, uh, later this week, masks, uh, masks, marks the finale of the Masked Singer USA 2020. Ah, yeah. And the multi is on Broccoli to win the Masked Singer at $5.50 for leg four of the multi, guaranteed. Just get on it. Broccoli, eat your vegetables, back your vegetables. $5.50 $5.50 and the multi is paying a whopping and this is why we're not getting on it even though the podcast is on it as a group we've got $5 on the multi and by way you mean you $82.53 oh my god mainly increased by broccoli which i mean If you've seen a single episode of the Masked Singer USA, you know Broccoli is guaranteed. It's Justin Bieber. It's going to be our masters. Justin Bieber. Heard it here first. This multi won't win, but that leg will win. And so will Germany will defeat Romania. Um, West Ham will probably score a goal in the 92nd minute, annoyingly to ruin the $83 multi button. And
0: um, our boy Matty Wade will score 300.
1: If Matty Wade scores 300,
0: you're going to keep the spot? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, it's the last one for the rest of the summer, so you'll probably be unlucky. That's tough. All right, that is the multi, $82.53. Don't get on it. I repeat, keep your money far away from sports bet for that one.
0: Go get a latte, everyone.
1: all right, Jamal, what sting are you hitting? What are we going to do next? Um, how are we feeling about a Who Am I? I? Oh, shit. That's a short sting. He's a very short sting. All right. Um, it's my turn to give you the Who Am I this week. I got... Uh, what's his name? Luke Parker at two points last week. He did. So... I reckon I've made this week's Who Am I easy enough that you, sh- you could get it at four, though unlikely, and you should get it at two. All right, I'm ready. For five points, I was drafted at pick 34 in the 2005 National Draft as an exciting key position prospect. Capable of playing forward or back, measuring an impressive 195 centimetres. 2005. 2005. Pick 34. That was the
0: the famous Bo Dowler draft.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: 2005. Ah, no.
1: Go on. All right. For four points. My career was sadly hampered by injuries and I managed just 56 games and 13 goals in my 11 year career. Tom Lonigan. Not a bad shout, but I reckon Lonigan played far more than 56, didn't he?
0: Yeah. I also reckon he played more back. I don't reckon he kicked 13 goals.
1: Uh, Three points. Across those 11 years, I played at three different clubs and played in an AFL and a VFL Premiership. Read that one again. So, Across those 11 years, I played at three different clubs and played in an AFL and a VFL Premiership.
0: So both in the reserves and the AFL.
1: One reserves premiership, one senior premiership, three clubs,
0: two
1: thousand five. What did you
0: say? Eleven years, which means they retired in two thousand sixteen. Ah, uh, Matty Egan didn't play for. Why am I thinking it's a long key for uh, keys? Um, not nah, next one.
1: Before playing in my solitary AFL premiership, I had previously been on three different AFL premiership winning lists without managing to be selected for the big dance.
0: See, this is something I should know. This is... um... I was like, it's not Tom Murphy. (laughs) Tom Murphy played for two clubs. He was drafted. Two- Tom, you know, Tom Murphy was drafted in two thousand four. In that two thousand four draft for Hawthorne?
1: probably the best one in that draft.
0: I'd, 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 I'd arguably.
1: Um, two thousand five played for. Wait, so say
0: that again, three different teams.
1: Before playing in my solitary AFL premiership. Mm. I had previously been on three different AFL Premiership winning lists without managing to be selected
0: right so he played ah oh,
1: Cameron wood it's what? a good shout but no that is such a that
0: okay if i if I put Cameron wood in players I haven't thought of <laughs> as it like. Why did I pull Cameron Wood for the depths of my brain?
1: Cameron Wood is surely not a premiership player.
0: Collingwood. I
1: think. He didn't play in that premiership, did he? (sighs) I reckon he was close.
0: I'm going to look it up while you read one.
1: My three clubs were West Coast, Sydney, and Hawthorne, where I obtained cult hero status. Ah, Spang. Answer. Matt Spanger. That is correct.
0: Draft in 2005.
1: Jamal's got it at uh, one point. Yep. 2005 in the 34 draft for West Coast. Played 6 through 10 at West Coast. Played 11 through 12 at Sydney. And then 13 through 16 at Hawthorne. Yeah, I think he played the- was on the list for the twenty six, uh, 2006 Premiership, 2012 Premiership, 2013 Premiership, then played in the 2014 one.
0: Yeah, he did so.
1: Um, Cameron Wood... <laughs>
0: Cameron Wood played for Brisbane, Collingwood and Carlton and was... Uh,
1: no, kept out of the side for... Not a Premiership player, I thought so. Yeah. But yeah, that's... Uh, that was a that reasonable.
0: Yeah. That was a good one. I can't believe I pulled Cameron Wood from the depths of my brain.
1: I uh I can't believe he was on three premiership lists at three different clubs before being selected to play in a premiership.
0: Yeah, no, I That's incredible. Completely forgot he played for Sydney just quietly. So did I. Like that's Oh, that's another list I have. Um which I'll roll out in the next couple of weeks, uh, top five players on teams you've completely forgot about.
1: Yeah. I was going to go Sean McKernan, but then I was like, well, who else has played for a couple of clubs? And I was like, Spanger. And then I found out he played for Sydney. I was like, yeah, definitely Spanger. Completely forgot he played for Sydney. Um,
0: What are we up to? Players I haven't thought about.
1: Haven't thought of. Should I go first? you want to go first? How many you got? I've got three. I'll, I'll
0: bring three every week and you can bring as many as you'd like.
1: All right, I got four, so I'll start. Nathan Bock. Ooh. I reckon Adelaide, I, then GW, uh, Gold Coast player. I
0: reckon I came across him while looking up Gold Coast list. I don't think I purposely
1: thought about him, though.
0: Um, if you came
1: across him, that is... If you've thought of him at all...
0: Okay, I think I've
1: thought of him because
0: I was definitely looking at... Um, Skill gold coast place Yeah, no, I was looking up the. Um, I watched the highlights of the at that Essendon Gold Coast game. <laughs> and the, yeah, the, okay, the, that counts. Uh, I'm get getting skinned, but you know what? I could have played that game, and the same result would have happened. So
1: that's true. Well, if if you had played that game, a much worse result would have happened. Let's be honest.
0: Mate, I reckon I would have pocketed angus monfries you're incorrect are you on that team in 2012
1: uh yes i think so Yep. all
0: right well my i've got i've got one that i hope will pass because it's funny um but my first one for plays you haven't thought about in a while jay schultz
1: port and no no no, no sorry man no Again, thought about him because of this segment, but yeah. <laughs> and all, no, you know why I thought about him? Mm. Not even this segment, a little bit this segment, but you know our discussion of um, how goal kicking's got worse?
0: Mm.
1: He's just about the best kick for goal in the past 10 years, five years, 10 years. I he was. Good, very, very good kick for goal once he moved to Port. Oh, him on port. I love that team
0: with him and um. Before Charlie Dixon got there, him and Westhoff worked. Westhoff, yeah, yeah. Westhoff were fire.
1: Yeah, agree. Right. Your one, um, risky one. Danny Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, risky one. Uh, well, not that risky one. Nathan Eagleton.
0: God, no, I haven't thought of of my bald brother in a minute. He was a beast. What a victory. What, number 10 for the Bulldogs, was
1: he? Number number 10 10 for
0: the doggies. Mate, that bald head shines. Shines bright every single day.
1: Doesn't it? What a great head. Yeah.
0: All right. My next shout. I completely forgot about this player before I ran into him. Ten the ten day,
1: Frio and GWS. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, I have thought of it. Is it this year the criteria? This year, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely thought about it this year. I'm sorry. That's fair. It
0: was ri- just because, like,
1: he played for GWS. I've thought of most GD- GWS players because they play some games in Canberra.
0: Yeah, and it's also not too long ago.
1: Yeah, Mzungu is like the sort of obscure player that in five years no one will have thought of, but currently, yeah. Not nah, fair, shout. All right. Um, to- last one, North Melbourne center half forward number twenty one, Corey Jones.
0: Ah, oh, mate. If Corey Jones suddenly popped out of my cereal in the morning and introduced himself to me, I had no idea who he is.
1: I'd just like to point out, I am so much better at this game than you are. I don't know whether it's because I think of more obscure people or more likely I think of more AFL players than you do. So I've thought of more. I think Because, like, how Uh, far can we go back? How far back? Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, we're going to have to expand the criteria.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I feel like... um, at some point, we might have to.
1: Which will just mean that we're going to have to introduce that rule that if you've never heard of them, it's not a win. Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: I can't believe I haven't heard
1: of Graham Polak, though. I st- still don't know who Graham Polak is. He was a full back for Richmond in,
0: you know, play with Joel Bowden.
1: Um, my Before la- Darren Gaspar?
0: Uh no, it was that weird in between um he didn't he played like a hundred and twenty games.
1: Like he's been around. Polak. I think it's Polek. Um Grand no, it's Polak. Um He played for Frio as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. He started at Frio. Two thousand two to two thousand six he's played at Frio. Then Richmond for thirty eight games from two thousand seven to twenty ten. I just don't remember him.
0: I've... I only remember him because he played with uh, Trent Crowe. God, <laughs> oh, Trent Crowd. Yeah, Mohawk Man. Um, my mm. last one. Uh, Essendon's
1: favourite son. You probably thought about him, but I I just you, you're it. probably in trouble. But let's see.
0: Tate Pears.
1: Um No, I reckon you got me. I'm not sure I thought of Tate pairs in the what? last eleven months. Oh that's and why should you? Number sixteen was touted as a good centre half back, but was just a little bit short and a little bit shit. That was um pre pre Hurley,
0: pre Carlisle, wasn't it? Like that awful. I
1: think I think he got drafted about the same time as hooky did. Mm. So I think it was like 1626, like the center half forward fullback. uh, Sorry, center half back fullback. Because at that early stage in their career, Hurley was a forward. Oh,
0: he was too, wasn't he?
1: And then eventually he got sent back. And it was, yeah. Yeah, no, Tate Tate Pez is not only a great pick, but it's two points for you because it's an Essendon player. Though I've got no idea what the scorecard is. Ah, you won. No, I meant overall the scorecard is. I'm winning, but. uh,
0: I'm going to have to look up Corey Jones real
1: quick. You will know him.
0: Will I? Because when you said um, North Melbourne centre half forward, all I could
1: think of. Thought Nathan Thompson. I, I thought Nathan Thompson. Yeah. After Nathan Thompson.
0: See, I'm looking at his photo now and I'm like, ah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He he was a centre-half forward to...
1: Petrie, Petrie.
0: He's full forward, yeah. Yeah, no, fair shout.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, not that black guy that comes up in images. (laughs) Yeah. Um... That's the end of that segment. What else do we have? Last call. Last
0: call. Cool. Let's hit it. Um, you said you got a bit of cricket going on. Do we want to knock the cricket? I've,
1: uh, I mean, I've got one cricket-ish comment. Yeah, go on. Uh, and it, it's really just by trawling Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Uh people seem to be sort of turning on King Virat, not in terms of his batting, but just in terms of his captaincy. I don't know if that's because he's decided to leave the Australian series a quarter of the way through to be with his wife, or whether that's because of the debacle with Rohit Sharma that's currently undergone or whether it's just because they've been smashed in the first two ODIs and his captaincy and the bowling in general has been ordinary, but um, it's interesting that somebody they've, sort of lauded as a a God is being almost turned on, on social media.
0: Well, it's the old, um, what is it? You die hero or live long enough to be a villain.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's not like he's 35 and on the way out, he's still in the prime and he's still making incredible runs. And he was still the only chance they had to like beat Australia yesterday. He's still a phenomenal batsman. And I feel Um,
0: anytime he's on the pitch, they're a decent chance to win.
1: Oh, yeah. He's still... Uh, um, probably, barring Smith, he's still the second best batsman in the world and arguably better. Yeah. no, I,
0: I, He's just one of those players that when you come up against him, you just hate to play him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's probably in the same way that I was saying before that I don't really like Smith as the captain just because of his tactics. It's possibly more and more people thinking that of Coley and um, the fact that they're starting to not be so dominant is allowing them to express that opinion. Whereas when a side is very, very dominant, it's very difficult to criticize the captain because you're like, well, they're winning. So what they're doing is right. Yeah. But um, when a side starts losing, it's much easier to articulate your valid opinions of a captain because they're losing. Obviously. Um yeah. Yeah. Six, success um oppresses criticism.
0: No, that's fair enough. And I think that happened a lot. Um and I don't know and can't remember too much about it, but like Michael Clark and the Shane Watson era of Captain which like we were kind of winning which meant like there wasn't good enough reason to kick him out.
1: But like everyone knew like Shane Watson was like, eh, eh. what he as a captain? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shane Watson was never the captain.
0: I don't know why but, he shouldn't have been.
1: Um, yeah. Michael Clark was always the captain. He was very loyal to Shane Watson as his deputy was the problem.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and it was more like Shane Watson had the established runs on the board and like, has had proven he could do it. Which is sort of the Burns Pekovsky dilemma this summer before Warner got injured. Yeah, sure. Um, but no um, that's um it's interesting. Obviously Coley's never gonna get dropped but there there is does seem to be a growing discord of angry Indian fans that want him replaced as captain, especially if he's not gonna be there for a while. I'm actually not sure who the test captain's going to be in his absence. I, I feel like it might be Kale Rahul, who's the wicketkeeper, but I'm not sure. Uh,
0: MS Dhoni is going to come out, come out of retirement.
1: Yeah, pretty sure it's not going to be Dhoni. No.
0: Um, well, I've got one thing that I want to talk about. I kind of touched it on with news. um. with the worldwide news. So the Ravens Steelers game got moved to Wednesday night because of a few COVID cases, but the Denver game didn't get um, rescheduled, even though all of their quarterbacks got COVID. How like, (laughs) and this is obviously like not something that we can answer, but it's just a discussion I want to have. Why does one game get moved because one player got COVID? And it happened to be the reigning MVP versus all four quarterbacks, which is inarguably the most important position in the NFL.
1: Yeah. and don't get, don't get re-scheduled. I Sorry, before I answer that question, I'd like to address something from last segment. Ajinkya Rahane is going to be the uh, Indian captain in the test. He's not currently playing the ODIs, but he is out here and he is one of the key batsmen of the Indian test team and will be the captain when Virat goes home.
0: Oh, the regular Tim Payne?
1: Uh, yeah, basically. Batsman, but not wicketkeeper. But yeah, uh, I think he's the vice captain of the test side, so he will be captain when Virat goes home. Yeah. Um, in terms of the NFL, I don't know, and obviously haven't read or studied anything about it, but I would assume it's probably because... The Denver game, the rest of the side wasn't at a COVID risk, whereas I assume this one, if he's just tested positive and has been training with the team, then the rest of them are sort of COVID risks, so they'll probably need to get tested and test negative before they can play.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fair, but also like... uh,
1: I mean, I get the unfairness of it, but I mean, I I think... This season in all sports, you sort of have to just go with the inequality and unfairness of everything and just sort of adapt. Yeah, which no, no, is why plenty of people think there should be asterisks on everything that happens this year. But
0: yeah, no, I think like obviously COVID's going to have an effect on any, everything. But like at the end of the day, if one person's got COVID in, so like a squad of fifty-three and let's say they have twenty staff, like that's seventy people at risk of getting COVID. How, how is it one person gets COVID and they move the game, but if four people get it? They're, they're, I've assumed they've all been training together. Like, how is that any...
1: Yeah, and I mean, but assumedly the reason that that they, um the four people either must have been sort of separated or quarantined separately, or like it's been long enough that the others aren't, um infectious or they've tested negative or whatever it is. Like there there will be some reason and some protocol for it. It won't just be an arbitrary, inconsistent decision, I wouldn't think. Yeah, no.
0: I I, I just found it interesting how um one team had four times of cases and they didn't reschedule the game. It was, yeah.
1: yeah, it it does seem bizarre and ridiculous, but
0: Yeah. Well, that's all I had on COVID. So Anything else you got?
1: Um, Not really. A little bit of footy news. Elijah Taylor from the Swans has been sacked. As would sort of been suspected, expected, um, after being charged with domestic violence against his girlfriend. Uh, I mean, no real surprise, but uh, obviously disappointing for... Well, not disappointing, but... I was like... disappointing for Sydney who put so much faith in him and gave him Adam goods's number and obviously Buddy's cousin and stuff. But um, you do shit like that, you don't deserve any special privileges and um, he's going to have to face court now and see what happens. So it's probably, yeah, very fair to sack him, I would have thought.
0: No, I think that's good because I know um, in American sports, people do a whole lot more and receive a whole lot less Um, in terms of punishment. At the
1: same time, I can see how it um, attracts uh, criticisms of, like, inconsistency and um, unfairness because, like, Jordan Ngoi's been literally charged with indecent assault and he's still got a contract and still playing.
0: I feel like that's at the discretion of the club, though. Like, I feel like this is good on Sydney for... Exercising your right. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think it's a little bit less the discretion and more the fact that um, there's far more evidence against Elijah than there is against Geordie DeCoey. Geordie DeCoey. Hmm. Obviously, DeGoey's charges relate to something from five years ago. Yeah. Um, whereas Taylor's are much more recent, and his girlfriend sort of posted photos on Instagram that, if not prove it, Provide quite substantial proof for the prosecution, so yeah, not sure. Um, yeah, no fair.
0: I I think that's good on something, like as I said, yeah. I mean, I
1: don't think they really had any choice after um, his girlfriend came out and posted the photos of her with black eyes and bruises on her face after and accusing him, like obviously there's plenty of people that want Shorty to go. He stood down or sacked because he's facing charges, but there does seem to be a lot less publicly available evidence than there is for the Elijah Taylor stuff. So yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. So, um, um I think that's all I've got.
0: Yeah. That's all I've got. Let's run the sting.
1: All right, mate. Give me that outro. Thank you so much for listening to
0: last World podcast join us next week for more shenanigans
1: actually anything you'd like to say uh, next week an in-depth look at the BBL's problems scheduling wise broadcast wise and content wise and we'll probably talk
0: mid-thousand football for no reason
1: and the draft
0: the draft's oh, on this week draft is next week um We'll get a full breakdown. Oh, yeah. Join us next week. Thank you so much for listening.